Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Dana Carlson for today's message. The title of my message today is The Blood Speaks. And uh, if you've been around this church very long, you've heard talk about this blood. And uh, I have been what I like to call a blood flinger from way back. (laughs) You've all heard of a gunslinger. Hallelujah. A gunslinger is a man who carries a gun and shoots well. Glory to God. (laughs) Well, I'm a blood flinger. (laughs) I carry the blood with me wherever I go. And my goal today is to not tell you everything I know about the blood because the blood of Jesus is a topic so vast that it's like the ocean or it's like the heaven. And truly, this falls apart without it. Okay? So I'm going to, hopefully my goal is to increase your faith in the blood of Jesus. Okay? Wherever we're at. Some of you know more than I do about the blood. Some of you experienced more than I have concerning the blood. But I want to say this before I get started. You know, the blood covenant is something that God ordained. Um, it's not some spooky Halloweeny kind of thing. When we talk about the blood, we're talking about blood covenant. And uh, it's, we as Christians have this blood covenant with God. Okay? It's, he ordained it. You know, as Americans, we're somewhat ignorant of this practice of blood covenant. Um, but I'm going to give you just a little, just, just so that we're all kind of on the same page about blood covenant, I'm probably going to read through this first part of my notes quickly so we can kind of all be on the same page about a blood covenant, okay? All right. So... The reasons for blood covenants are tribal alliances, business partnerships, or even devoted love. Okay? The effects of the blood covenant between two representatives are this. All debts and possessions are shared. All benefits, talents, assets, even liabilities are shared equally. It includes everything you are and everything you own and everything you owe. The blood covenant is so binding that the two would become one. Sound familiar? So the modern-day oath marriage, marriage of oath, wedding rings, the wedding cake custom where they feed each other cake, the exchanging of a name when a woman marries, the hyphenated name, um, even things like signing a document, shaking hands, or the raising of your right hand to swear an oath, all of those things have their roots in blood covenant. Okay? Blood covenant was very serious. It wasn't, you know, taken lightly. The sacredness of the blood covenant is something we don't really understand in our Americanized world, okay? It's claimed in other parts of the world, though, that no one ever knew the blood covenant to be broken, ever. It's considered so sacred that if one were to break the covenant, his own mother would seek his death. 
The vilest of enemies would become trusted friends as soon as the covenant was cut. It was considered indissolvable and could not be annulled. Woohoo! Are you getting excited yet? Think about it. God chose to have a blood covenant with us. Woohoo! <laughs> Glory to God. Like I say, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Most ancient traditions included some form of cutting of the skin and the commingling of the blood between blood covenant representatives, okay? There's a lot more I could say about the blood covenant, but one point I want to make before we move on today is that the shedding of blood is the seal of any covenant. You can't have a covenant without blood, okay? So the first covenant, or what we call the old covenant, was sealed with the blood of Abraham and God. Abraham made a covenant. God made a covenant with Abraham, okay? And it was sealed with his blood, and God sacrificed an animal, okay? This covenant that God had with Abraham in the Old Testament was done by killing a substitutive animal, and this covenant could only atone or cover the sin, okay? Now, this new covenant that we sang about this morning is sealed with the blood of Jesus Christ, God's own son. The covenant that God has with us today was accomplished by the shedding of the blood of Jesus, our sacrificed lamb. Now, I know some of these things that I'm telling you right now, your mind will go tilt on, okay? My mind goes tilt on some of these truths. But what I'm trusting is that the Holy Spirit is going to spark something in your heart. And Truthfully, you don't have to understand it all for it to work in your life. Can I give you an example of that? How about the car you drove here today? Or you drove in today? Do you understand everything about how that car works? I certainly don't. Now, there are people like mechanics that know more than some about how the car works. My knowledge of a car is I get in the car, I turn the key, and I expect it to go. And I keep gas in it and that sort of thing. I'll tell you a funny story about that. I'm already on stories, uh-oh. <laughs> but when I was a young person, <laughs> uh, I was loaning my sister's car. I was living in Door County at the time. And... Uh, no one ever told me about oil. <laughs> Actually, no, I wasn't living in Dorcard. I was living in Minneapolis at this time. No one told me about oil. So anyway, um, I was loaning my sister's car, and, or she was loaning me her car. I was borrowing her car. And uh, we got together at Thanksgiving or whatever, and she said, when's the last time you changed the oil? And I said, oil? Her eyes got big as saucers, and we pulled into the, you know, place where you change your oil. And they went to, to turn the thing and have the oil drip into the pan, and nothing dripped out. I was supposed to drive my sister to Mankato that night. I don't think we would have made it without. Talk about the blood of Jesus. Talk about the mercy of the Lord. So, I mean, my point is, you know, when it comes to this kind of thing, don't try to get too mental about it. Because you don't have to understand it all to have it work in your life. It takes faith. It does take faith. 
And as we go through the word today, I know that you're going to increase your faith in this. You know, understanding is always helpful and useful, and I'm not against understanding, but understanding isn't always necessary for you to gain access to things. Some of us get too tripped up with our heads. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. <laughs> so, back to this new covenant. This new covenant that's sealed with the blood of Christ, God's own Son, does not merely cover sin. It cleanses it and takes it away. <laughs> All right? The power of what Jesus did on the cross, and not just on the cross, but what he did when he presented the blood at the throne of God is greater than your failure. Hallelujah. He's not saying we didn't sin. And I'm not saying we don't sin. But I'm saying the blood is greater. The blood is greater than any sin or shortcoming in our life. So the blood of the blood that we're talking about this morning is really the power that backs the name of Jesus. It's it's kind of like the legal backing. God had to do it legally. God, you know, He's not about works and He's not about the law in that sense. But He is a God of order, and He's a God of justice. And when He ordains something. You know, he doesn't do it flippantly. So he made a way through Jesus for us. Hallelujah. So, just like everything in the realm of the Spirit has a voice, do you know that? Everything in the realm of the Spirit has a voice. Your voice is so important. They're finding, science is finding out that the voice, your voice, is as individual as your fingerprint. Your voice is your access to the spirit realm. So what I'm talking about today, that blood that speaks, I'm talking about Jesus' blood. And I'm going to give you some things that that blood is speaking over our lives. Hallelujah. Jesus is our high priest today. And you know, he has a present day ministry in you and I. I mean, it's great what he did when he did it, but he's got a present day ministry through all of us in this room here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive and well today, and his blood is speaking. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So I'm going to tell you some things that the blood is speaking, all right? And then I'm going to tell you our part of it, okay? So the blood speaks according to Romans 5, 9. It says, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we can be saved from wrath through him. Justified very simply means that you were made right before God. Jesus perfectly completed all the work necessary for us to be right before God. When we accepted the blood of Jesus, when we accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, 
He satisfied the claims of justice. It's a legal thing. The throne room is a legal place. (laughs) It was necessary that Jesus present his blood there. And I find it interesting that it sits on the mercy seat. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. So Jesus, when he did that, uh, he officially became the mediator between God and man. I mean, he legally became the mediator between God and man. Uh, We were restored to fellowship with God himself through the blood of Jesus. All right? So Jesus' blood speaks that we're justified. Glory to God. The next thing Jesus' blood speaks is found in Ephesians 1.7. It says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. So very simply put, you know, some of these words, like I say, they make you go tilt. Justified? What does that mean? It means you've been made right, okay? This word redeemed, very simply put, means that he paid the price for your deliverance by his blood. Basically, you're God's property. (laughs) You are his purchased possession. The price was fully paid for your sin by his blood. His blood was the only price that could ever be paid that God would accept. It had to be Jesus. It had to be that way. If there was another way, God would have done it another way. I mean, even Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane was like, ah, think there might be another way. And you know, he wasn't concerned about the physical dying on the cross. I'm convinced of that. I mean, I know it was torturous, and I know it was no fun, and I know all those things. What he was most concerned about was being separated from the Father. He'd never been separated from the Father. And you know what? That's something that we don't ever have to fear. We are never, ever, ever going to be separated from the Father. We have his presence with us always. We don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear anything because God is with us. That was what Jesus was grieved about. He didn't want to be away from his Father in that presence. So any attempt that we make to add to the finished work of Jesus on the cross is really just dead works. We can never make ourselves clean enough to be presented before the Father without the blood. We need the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. So we are redeemed. We're God's property. The next thing Jesus' blood speaks over our lives is you have peace, according to Colossians 1.20. It says, And by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether on heaven or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. So there's another word, reconcile. That word reconcile simply means harmony. Or you could say 
peace. How many of you know peace is better than anxiety and toil? <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Peace is my favorite fruit. I love joy. It's fun to have joy and, you know, all of the fruits of the Spirit. But peace, whew, and peace that's not related to a circumstance. We're talking the storms raging, and you're in peace. Woohoo! God speaks that over our lives. When we plead the blood, <laughs> we're calling on the peace of God. We're calling that we're redeemed. We're calling that we're justified in the spirit world. Glory to God. And I'm going to get into more of that in a minute. About this whole pleading thing. This whole blood thing. Drawing blood lines and blood slinging stuff. <laughs> Mark Hankins, he always talks about his mother being a blood slinger. He says, my mother used to sling blood ever, everywhere. Not everywhere, everywhere. Sling blood everywhere. When he was a teenager, he was in a car accident, six-car pileup, and he walked away. His mom, he ended up in jail because of some things that were happening. You know, it was an accident, but they picked him up in jail. His mom was pleading the blood over his life. One time Mark said to his mom, he was in Bible school, he says, I don't know about this pleading stuff. I don't ever, I don't see that in the word. She goes, well, you're in Bible school, aren't you? I think it's working. So sometimes we get too technical about what we call it. We can call it pleading the blood. We can call it holding the blood. We can call it sprinkling the blood. We can call it drawing a bloodline. You can call it anything you want, but it's by faith that we use the blood and we stand in the blood, and we're learning what it means right now, what the blood speaks over our life, right? Yeah. One time he tells, I, I, I love Mark Hankins. I need a dose of him about once a month because sometimes I forget some things. <laughs> and Mark will just put a shot right in my arm about it again, about that it's, it's, it's about faith. But one time he said he was a teenager and he brought home this little hottie, She walked through the door. His mother took one look at her and said, Oh, plead the blood. <laughs> she said to him, What did she say? He said, Never mind, never mind. But what she was really saying is, You are not marrying that. <laughs> Sometimes I love to hear Stephen's story, stories because I know... He tells me, he's told me before that he totally did not get me at all before he was a Christian. Because <laughs> I just am who I am. We'd all be in a little circle before they'd go on their tours and I'd be over there praying and I plead the blood of Jesus over these kids and over that car and I'd position angels the four corners of those car and I mean I just was just being me they probably <laughs> when I was done they didn't know what hit them what'd she say <laughs> never mind it's just my mom <laughs> glory to God so anyway we have peace the blood speaks that we have peace hallelujah 
Hallelujah. But in Ephesians 2, 13 and 14, it says, But now in Christ Jesus, you were who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Verse 14, For he is our peace, who has uh, made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. So peace in the sense that we're whole and we can rest before the Father. Hallelujah. Next thing the blood speaks over our life is that we are sanctified. In Hebrews 13, 12, it says, Therefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. So there's another word. Sanctify simply means to separate, dedicate, purify. Do you know that you've been declared holy? Hallelujah. And just one more scripture is Hebrews 10, 14. It says, For by one offering he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. That'd be us. He calls us sanctified. Hallelujah. Do you know that not one of us is perfect? We all have flesh that likes to act like an unruly child. You can't conquer the sin in your own life through your own self-efforts. You have to accept and receive forgiveness through the blood of Jesus. You know, if God's forgiven us, who are we not to forgive ourselves? Right? Don't ever ask well, who am I? I think that's dishonoring to God. He's the one who called us. He's the one who anointed us. He's the one who appointed us. And you know what? He doesn't give a calling without the equipment. Whatever he's called you to do in life, I don't care what it is. You are equipped by God to stand in the place God's called you to in life. Hallelujah. No one can take your place. It's a place for you to stand in the Spirit. It's just like your voice in the Spirit. No one can do your speaking for you. You have a voice. You have to speak it. Um, So God's done his part. When it comes to the covenant... Us and God, God did his part. He forgave us and he cleansed us by the blood of Jesus. But our part is to accept his forgiveness and forgive ourselves. You know, really, the problem that we deal with probably most of the time is just guilt. Right? But according to the blood, it speaks that we are cleansed. That's the next thing. The blood speaks over our life is that we are cleansed. We're not just covered over, atoned for. We are completely cleansed. The Bible calls us new creatures in Christ. Old things are passed away and everything becomes new. 1 John 1.7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, 
We have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Do you know that God doesn't want us walking around feeling guilty all the time? We're not effective ministers when we're feeling guilty. And you know what? Like I said, we can never be good enough. You know, like 25 years ago, the sins that the accuser of the brethren, which hopefully is not anybody in this room, the Bible calls the accuser of the brethren who? Satan. He's the one that accuses us all day long. Now those sins that I was accused of 25 years ago by man's eyes might look worse than the sins I get accused of now. You know what I'm saying? I've grown in my walk with God and I've grown in things, but he's just going to accuse you all day. I don't care how perfect you are. He's just going to accuse you all day long if you listen to him. Sometimes I disagree with him. I say, you know what? You're right. I'm a dirty, rotten sinner, but it's not my, it's not because of me. It's all because of the blood that I have access to my Father. Sometimes I just like to diffuse all the junk that comes at us. Sometimes I like to look at the worst case scenario in life. Die and go to heaven? Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not that I'm believing for that, but sometimes it's just like he gets us such in a wad trying to hold on to things with our own ability. Hey, it's in him I live and move and have my being. It's all the blood. It's all the blood. <laughs> Woohoo! You know, he doesn't want us feeling guilty. He just wants us to receive what Jesus did and act on it. You know, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, the truth is, being continually sin conscious in our life, picking at the faults, being on the side of the accuser, just opens the door to more sin. Because you're just like, what's the use? You know? <sighs> so Hebrews 9.14 says, speaking of the old covenant of goats and calves versus the new covenant of the blood of Jesus, it states how much more the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works, to worship the living God. Woohoo! Glory to God. Last thing that the blood speaks over our life, and then I'm going to give you some testimonies and some fun stuff about it to bring it to more life, but I just wanted you to have this background first, is that you have victory. Hallelujah. I love that word. Woohoo! Revelation 12:11 They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they loved their lives they loved, they did not love their lives to the death. So we need to live throwing the full weight of our faith and confidence on the power of the blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. That's what the blood speaks over our lives. What is our part in it? It's not enough just to believe this stuff. How do you put faith 
into action in our lives. We do that the same way he does. We speak it out of our mouth. So because of the blood and through the blood, we have access to heaven by our voice. No one can do your talking for you. You have got to do this. And I like to say, and I've heard this said before, that for tough stains, sometimes you've got to shout it out. <laughs> you know, a Christian without a shout is, is a victorious-less Christian. <laughs> you will not have victory outside of a shout. Sometimes you've just got to shout. And I mean, that shout comes from your toes. It's like a lion roar. It comes out of the depth of your being and right out into the atmosphere and right up to the throne. Woohoo! Glory to God. If you haven't shouted in a while, you better go home and find your pillow or, or you go to the barn or you go somewhere and you just shout what the blood of Jesus has done for you. What the blood of Jesus speaks over your life. And you know what? It's like I said, we can get all tied up in the theology of this thing and we can say, well, pleading the blood, that might not be, you know, right theology or the Old Testament talks about sprinkling and Paul talks about sprinkling. Uh, basically, when I say I'm pleading the blood, I'm making a declaration in the spirit world that I'm not going to accept anything less than what the blood of Jesus bought and paid for in my life and in the lives of my loved ones. You can pray and plead the blood of Jesus over everything. I pleaded over property. I pleaded over vehicles. I pleaded over businesses. I pleaded over bank accounts. I pleaded over my kids. I pleaded over my grandkids that aren't even born yet. I'm a blood slinger, man. It's everywhere. It, I'm covered in the blood. And, and the, the history of my life in the blood covenant goes all the way back to when I was a little girl. My mom was a Christian when I was growing up. Now, I didn't get it, and I didn't know that I could have the same relationship that she had with God. I just knew that when my mom prayed, things happened. And I, and I could see the testimony of the blood through her relationship with him. But I just was like a hardhead. And I was rebellious, and I wasn't interested. But I knew who to call for help when I, when I needed help. And I have testimony after testimony of the blood of Jesus in my life because my mother had faith and prayed for me. She told me once that she saw me every day in an acrylic bubble. She prayed this acrylic bubble over my life. Later... The Holy Spirit told me she was pleading the blood of Jesus over your life. So that acrylic bubble was representative of the blood. I could function in the world. People could see me. I could see them. But nothing could truly touch me. I was covered in the blood. One time I was a teenager. I was in high school and I... I'd, I don't know if this has anything to do with it or not, but I grew up in Chippewa. And uh, 
back in the, I graduated in 80, so back in the 70s, <laughs> there wasn't a lot to do besides get drunk. And we did that a lot. And it was a drinking party, and for some reason, I got in a fight with my boyfriend. I got in a fight with the person that I rode to the party with, okay? And uh, he had a smaller car, and it had just two seats, you know. And uh, I got in a fight, and I rode home with somebody else that night. The next day in the afternoon, he called me up and he said, well, he said, it's a good thing you weren't in the car last night. And I said, why? And he said, because my car went off the road and, and uh, hit a tree and your seat was in a tree. And I was like, wow, that's cool. I didn't, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't think that in my mind at that time, oh, you know, it was the blood of Jesus protecting my life. I just remember going, whoa. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hmm. So, Jesus, I touched on this earlier. Satan is the accuser, and he accuses us all day long. According to Revelation 12, uh, 10, but on the other side of that coin, Jesus is our advocate. He's our attorney. He's our lawyer. He's our mediator. He's our intercessor. <laughs> According to 1 John 2 and 1. Hallelujah. He intercedes on our behalf. He defends us. He vindicates us. He holds us in the court of heaven. And it's all legal, folks. It's all legal because of the blood. The blood is like a legal document in heaven's court. It's kind of like pleading the fifth. I plead the fifth. In the court of heaven, in the court, we can say, I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I may have done this wrong and that wrong, and I didn't measure up here, and I didn't measure up there. Or my kids are rebellious and they're blood. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. <laughs> Glory to God. So like I said, God isn't saying we didn't sin. He's simply saying that the blood paid the price for our sin. You know, and Jesus has been known to take losers and make them into winners. He has a reputation so even if you have a low opinion of yourself, it doesn't matter. Because it's not about us. It's about what he did. You know, Christianity isn't for sissies. <laughs> it just isn't. We are in a war, and you better know how to use what God has done for you. You have to speak it with your mouth. You have to speak it with your mouth. No matter what evil is coming against you, you have to move your mouth. I know Paul has, has said before, you know, I, I have dealt with oppression and depression in my life. And uh, I'm getting, it's, 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 
It's not that I don't get attacked with the feelings, but I just know how to keep right on walking now. I don't wallow in anything anymore. I try not to. Just get up and go again and say, I take authority over that in the name of Jesus. I apply the blood of Jesus over that in Jesus' name. Use his name. Use his blood. We have to for victory in this hour. Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org.